Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. friends and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created the amish baby machine podcast starring dags and hold on you know normally we get kind of uh, funny here we joke around but i gotta be serious here johnny rage last episode brought up miley cyrus he's been told not to so now a one week shunning he has been shunned for one week we will not stand for inappropriate pop culture references on this podcast so what i did i dug deep i went and got one of our most powerful guest hosts he is in the u.s marine corps he's powerful master of cooking uncle dude welcome uncle dude good afternoon evening morning wherever you are whatever time it is you're listening in this wide world glad to be back i didn't realize i was on a uh a Cyrus uh, uh, diversion uh, replacement. One week shunning. He's been shunned for one week. Well, we all know Noah Cyrus is the big Cyrus right now. Miley's so yesterday. No, there's only one Cyrus. That's the achy, breaky heart the, dude. The achy, breaky. That's it. Doc- Everything else. What was his doctor show on PAX? Doctor How- Dr. Mullet? We'll Some- have to look it up. We'll have to look it up. It's yeah. powerful. No, the long-suffering ever patient Mrs. Uncle Dude is a huge fan of uh, of uh, Miley and that whole genre. But I don't want to get banned, so we're going to stop talking about it. Well, what do you want to talk about, Uncle Dude? You are here. Oh, man. You are a powerful expert on food, on hand-to-hand combat. Well, food, we're in a little seasonal lull. We're, be- we're kind of between planting seasons, and uh, the only big thing really going on is the James Beard Award. In our region of the country, only got two lousy chefs nominated. Not lousy, they're really good chefs, but we only got two nominations. So there's not a lot going on in food, but politics seems to be monopolizing the TV lately. So I, I thought maybe we'd uh, dip our toe in that pond. Uh, a little bit anyway, because I, I, I'd like to think I'm, I'm more than just a meal, although by looking at me, you'd think that's all I am, but. Donner's Pass, yep. No. <laughs> I would need a whole different pantry for that, my friend. Not not through these lips. I had a hard enough time with horse in France, so I don't know that I could do Donner's Pass. No, I meant eating you. You'd be quite a meal. Oh, yeah, no. I convinced the aliens look at me and think bacon, people bacon, so... Those, those hawks are wonderful. Oh, man. Hawks. I do have hawks, but they're, they're strong like bull. They're like oak trees because it's supporting the rest of my immense frame. That is cool. You ever notice that the, the big girth, we can't say fat anymore, so the, the big girth guys always have powerful oh, calf I'll, muscles. I'll say fat. I, I hit 407 like two weeks ago. That's fat. I'm only 5'11 and a half now because I'm middle-aged. I'm shrinking. I, I felt a lot better when I was six foot and 300 and something, but now I'm 5'11 and a half and 400 and something. Oh, no good. They used to use fatso, too. You don't hear that anymore. No, that, yeah, that I think. Hey, is get a, a load of fatso over there. <laughs> well, perhaps on the East Coast it's still used, but there's a reason I live where we live. So, but yeah, no. So, uh, I, I just all kinds of stuff. I, I mean, I'm kind of a black helicopter guy and, and, uh, so this whole monkey business on the news about the deep state, dark state, secret government, shadow government, what the heck is going on? I don't know. Poor Trump. Are we going to invade Grenada? Is that what you're saying? Well, that that was my uh, my small window when I was on active duty. Was uh, That that would have been my service badge had I actually been active. Active would have been the Grenada service pin, which would have been too embarrassing to even have at the American Legion or the uh, VFW because it didn't really count. But 
No, I, yeah, I'm not sure where we're going to end up. Uh, North Korea seems to be thinking they're the biggest, baddest, toughest guy on the planet right now. So I think something's got to be done to uh, silence that little punk. I did a powerful meme uh, of that where it says the bad news is North Korea has nukes. Yeah. And the good news is this is their launching system. And right. It was, it was a dude lighting off a bottle rocket. Well, the, the, the thing you built with your daughter is as advanced as what they're sending into the, uh, the Sea of Japan right now. We are masters of rocketry. I, I was very impressed. In the barn. I, yeah. This is a, you're going to have a whole defense uh, phalanx around the barn if you can, just keep her working in the missile lab. The THAAD system. We need so, a cool, so Thad, what is it, it's theater, high altitude, uh, they changed it, it used to be theater and it was uh, terminal, I think they changed it to terminal. Oh, I'm, I'm not I sure. I love the, the acronyms, military, military yes. acronyms and names are the best. I mean, you think of the helicopters, uh, Apache Longbow, I mean, you. Uh, what are some of the, you know, the... Well, you got you got your tow gun. Is is your anti tank uh, yes. shoulder held uh, tube, rocket tube operated wire guided? Right, correct? right. So, but uh, I'm just thinking of the cool names, like you know Apache. You got uh, you know the A10, the Thunderbolt, the Warthog. Yeah, some the, great the, names. The greatest acronym ever is Scamots. So, state, county, municipal offender data system from the movie The Blues Brothers, which, sadly, as as, uh, those of those that have listened before when I've been on, you know I host pub quizzes. I can't use Blues Brothers questions anymore because these 20-somethings' parents have failed them so bad, they're missing Blues Brothers and Caddyshack questions. Caddyshack? They're missing Caddyshack questions. Caddyshack, what a perfect storm of how many great actors. Oh, my God. Well, uh, Blues Brothers, too, had a little bit of everybody. Pee Wee Herman was in there. So, uh, well, and uh, John Candy, Carrie Fisher, uh, Ray uh, Ray Charles. Oh, my God. It was plus at the time it had the the longest, most uh, most cars involved car crash chase scene in the history of film. So I'm, I'm lucky that I was able to see it in the theater a few times. But I, I question parenting. If this is not, uh, you, they're, they're not getting Monty Python questions. How do you not give your fourteen-year-old kid his own copy of Holy Grail? I saw on the on the internet. Uh, Eric Idle was upset about the climate change deniers. Did you see that? No, oh, he's he's turned into a very fussy, angry old man. So he wanted people to. Uh, basically be killed because of if they denied global warming right but he had some nice ways saying it stay in la and count your money if you're gonna be that don't don't start uh tainting uh solid gold memories of my youth with your horrible polis speak you know it's like david letterman when he got older he just turned into a crabby old man he turned into a creepy crabby what is with that beard letterman yeah what's the deal with beards you know when dudes get old and they feel they have to grow out that you know, that uh, nasty beard. Yours I, is powerful, by I, the way. I keep mine trimmed and tight, and no, I change it's, it's it constantly. Powerful, powerful. So it, it all depends on what my muse is and what the weather is. So I, I put it, you, you create the memes. I, I created, I don't know if it was a meme, but a, a multiple choice pictogram, pictographic multiple choice I had thrown up on my Facebook. Not a single person voted for my facial hair. So I'm, I'm apparently a lower than a Z-list celebrity. That so much so nobody cared about how I was going to do my facial hair. You know, a lot of times you talk about memes. Apparently it's not meme. Like, what was theirs? They had some dumb, um, their dumb macro, image macro instead of a meme. Like a meme has to be something that spreads right. viral. And an image, so I do more image macros. Right, I mine never. I I think I have three shares out of all of the ones I've created and put out there on Twitter and Facebook. I think I've had uh, three separate ones shared once. No, so that's I'm, wonderful. I'm not making memes. No, I'm, or I'm, image macros. I'm I'm, I'm I'm image macroing at work is what I'm doing. I'm not working is what I'm doing. Now you you were talking about politics, about the deep state, and also in the news are uh, the hip hoppers. Snoop Doggy Dog. Right, well, Snoop's got... I, I still call him Snoop Doggy Dog. Well, it's kind of like Diddy, right? I mean, what's he going by now? Is It, it was Snoop Lion for a while, so... Yeah, Snoop Doggy Dog, Snoop Dog, Snoop Lion. But and then his nephew, Lil Bow Wow. Right. 
who I always mix up with Little Romeo, who became a uh, little Maserati. Now he's back to just Maserati. Romeo. Ted Nugent, sure. great song. Maserati. Yeah. I was also a local local band here, local R and B band here, uh, who of some renowned, who are more than quick to cash in on their Prince connection. So Snoop Dogg, yeah, Snoop Diggity Dogg, he's got the new video. Made a video in which amplified uh, Trump's obvious features, made his face more orange, his uh, eyes more white, put the Mickey Mouse gloves on his hand and made him into a clown. But the big debate, the big uh, the big shocker, is at the end he, he levels a pistol at the Trump clown, pulls the trigger, and then the bang flag comes out because the whole, movie, uh, whole video was uh, about clowns. Uh, his premise being that Trump's the biggest clown of them all, and the D-O-double-G just popped him. Isn't that amazing how many people are making money off of President Trump? Right. Well, and, and uh, don't you just love the big tax, uh, the Rachel Maddow? Ooh, we got the tax returns. No, you have two pages from 12 years ago. Go get them, girl. And that was her highest rated show ever. ever. So, so she is cashing in on Trump. Maybe uh, Geraldo Rivera can come back and do like uh, Donald he- Trump's vault. Well, that's that's the was the joke around Fox and Geraldo was was propagating the joke is that that was her her Al Capone's vault moment. But I think like you're talking about parents and the memories fading on the kids, the kids don't even know about. that. Oh, no, no. And and it was so uh, it was such a, a great uh, reference point for a decade and a half. Everybody knew what you're talking about. That saved his career. It was an epic failure. The special was an epic. I watched. Did you watch? Oh, absolutely. Did you watch his TV show? I loved his TV show. Uh, sometimes, I mean, yes, when he had the cool, no. he had the neo-Nazi fight, and he took a chair to the nose. Right, right. I, well, that was all over the news too. I, I, a lot of those shows like Springer and and Geraldo and all of that. Uh, well, Springer is poor man's. I mean, that's the <laughs> the ultimate. Was uh, Morton Downey Jr. Right. Right, the chain-smoking uh, Morton Downey Jr. Wasn't he powerful? He had that big ashtray. Do you remember that well, ashtray? It was just basically a big salad and, bowl. And a booming baritone voice. Oh, just wonderful. He was a crooner. He was a crooner. Was or he? Or was his dad a crooner? He was a crooner. I think he was a crooner. Oh, I don't know. That cigarette Maybe voice? Was, I don't know. Oh, it's just velvety. So, Mel Torme. Oh, the velvet fog. Mel Torme. But, it's the second time in two days Mel Torme has come up. That's, see, these kids aren't going to get that reference. And you have the YouTube. You have as the- NWA says, "F the kids." Then, but Morton Downey Jr. powerful show, powerful. He'd get the guests on. There'd be yelling, and then he would get into it. You know, typically the guest host would let the people talk, but he would just get into it. And he goes, "Listen, I smoke. I eat red meat. I smoke three packs a day, and I look a hell of a lot better than you. Kick ass." And he had the little podium. He did come up, and oh, wonderful. See, he was rerun late at night, and back then I was bartending uh, and sort of going to school uh, on and off again, but more interested in the bartending and the bar and the world of rock and roll because I was managing bands back then. And I, so that would be sort of my decompression show after a intense bartending shift is catch the rebroadcast of Morton Downey. And I, I always went to bed feeling better about myself. What was your go-to meal after work? So, the after the bartending, scotch. If 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 we were forced to have food, uh, we worked. Uh, well, how did you get to the four hundred seven? I mean, come on, dude, you had some food in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I think there's something wrong with me. So I see what comes into me, and I I I do the the the, uh, the resistance training. I shouldn't be this size. So. Are you a grazer or a binger? Oh no, no! I used to be, I used to be a really good binger. I could I could put away how like when I was lifting, when I was really aggressively lifting, I would after uh, my afternoon workout. I had a buddy of mine work at like a Happy Days Burger joint. I would go knock back a quarter pound burger, a quarter pound dog, a malt and fries as my afternoon snack. And I was spring stealing tiger meat. I was 185 pounds of, of nothing but just raw energy. You want to talk powerful, my friend. Pure energy. Yeah. Oh, also local and back. Uh, but In sock, information society, powerful. Now I'm so afraid of being diabetic, I graze all day just to maintain blood sugar. So I'm much more a grazer now. I can't, I can't, well, that's the other reason I don't understand how I'm this fat is because I used to be able to go and knock back a pizza and a half. 
And now it's like half a pizza. I don't know. Metabolism. That's an evil word. One of the questions I have for you later. I have my own version uh, of of a a getting to know you quiz. I'd like to run by you and uh, maybe uh, integrate it into the pantheon of the Amish Baby Machine uh, podcast. Because I think it's good questions. Excellent. Now, going back to uh, Snoop Diggity Dog, Bow Wow and all that. My idea is, you know, you have these hip hop. Are they rappers or hip hop? They're not. Remember, when they used to be. Is M's? there a distinction? Is R- it like well, a- apparently, hip hop is the culture. The culture is uh, graffiti, break dancing. I haven't hip- seen a lot of break dancing. I yeah. used to break dance. Can you can you imagine me break dancing? Well, I can imagine you breaking things. Yes, yeah. and that too. Never got caught. Never got caught, Dags. I got lucky as a youth. Yes, that was a powerful cardboard. You would. <laughs> I mean, literally breaking other things. So Snoop Dogg does the video. Bow Wow comes out yeah. after Trump tweets, you know, your failing career. And then Bow Wow says something horrible about his wife, pimping out his right. wife. Oh, not on the video. This is post-video after after Trump tweeted his, on the his review of the video. Right, right. Bow While wow. we have you here, yeah. what is your Twitter handle? Uh, well, I have two. So the, uh, those of you that, uh, that uh, identify me as the food guy, very simple. It's uh, twitter.com slash UncleDudeFood, UncleDudeFood. Uh, as I'm uh, going through uh, making my, my first ever cookbook, Cheater Bachelor Meals, I've been posting a sort of in-progress recipes, in-progress pictures. So uh, basically, if you're incredibly bored and you want to see what I had to eat that day, Uncle Dude Food at uh, at the Twitter. The other one uh, is uh, so it's at Uncle Dude Food. No, well, no, no. Twitter.com. No, slash. you just on Twitter. All you have to do is just say the at. Oh, the at. Yeah, yeah at so, Uncle Dude Food. Okay. <laughs> He's an old man and doesn't understand the interwebs. Uh, my, uh, what did you call them? Not memes. You said it was something else. Micro oh, Im- image uh, macros. So yeah, yeah. Digital self stroking. Uh, if you want to see my fake memes that don't go anywhere, uh, that's at your uncle dude. So then I get a little bit more political on that one as well. And for you kids, you are following us, right? The Amish Baby Machine. Absolutely. You should follow us at Amish B Machine. Amish, the letter B Machine. You're my gateway to at midnight. Because usually I, I don't know why at midnight uh, doesn't populate on my feed but whenever you are doing whatever the uh, movie title of the day is powerful hashtags oh they're fantastic thank you for enjoying them and i do enjoy them and i that's usually when i jump in and go oh because i'm compulsively reading constantly i have uh some some variation of the news on the television and I invariably I'll have one of the digital devices open and I'll be reading a old school paper uh, newspaper and I'm just Johnny number five, more data, more data. It's so- Your mother was a snowblower. Oh, how horrid. So my idea is with the whole uh, Snoop Dogg and little Bow Wow and yippee oh yippee I want 80s metal bands to form like a SEAL Team 6 and go after him. What do you think? Oh, I think that could be a show. Now, who would we have? We'd have Slayer, maybe, or would you have Striper? What are you? Who would be in your LA okay. Guns, right? Oh, LA Guns. Now let's do this here. Let's Hanoi Rock. We're we're gonna have an '80s metal. I can, you know, a little variation, a little bit, but a a powerful SEAL Team Six group of rockers to go after them. What do you think? I think no. I seriously think this has legs. This is an idea that needs to get uh, this pitched. You know, this is, I say it's the most powerful podcast ever created. It's not hyperbole. It's not hyperboil. It's not Susan Boyle. It's real. It's powerful. Well, go ahead. Well, I, this, this has got legs, but it, it could almost be like the G.I. Joe universe. You, you, got, you got hip hop on the one side and all of those crews, and you have your hair metal L.A. scene in 1980s, late 80s, early 90s. We'd have the kung fu grip, too. So and and then the the, the battle uh, could be the culmination of every week. You could you could you every week you could have a different uh, contest between. Now the- you brought up GI Joe. Do you remember Big Jim? Big Jim. Now I'm going to need you to look into that. Big Jim was a powerful He-Man type character in the 70s. Powerful. How do I not remember? Yeah, Big he had Jim. like oh my god, he had a recreational vehicle. Big Jim. All right, go ahead. Back oh, to it was, it was a pickup. It was a pickup truck. I'm gonna I'm gonna. You 
keep talking and I'm going to pull I up. I remember I'm like show Big Jim as uh, like uh, man witches or something. Wasn't there a jingle with Big Jim and man witches? I, oh, man witches. I'll have to check powerful. the YouTube. All right, keep talking. I'm going to show you that. Talk about man your ideas. Man witches is actually a, a guilty pleasure of mine. I don't mind the man witch, but you have to get a good bun to sop up all that goodness, and it can't be too runny. I, I enjoy that. You had the powerful man witch, and you also had hungry man. Yeah, no. You probably can't say that now. It's too threatening. No, no. You got to go with the man witch. There was a there was a, a odd, odd, unique sweetness about the man, uh, the uh, the man witch that made you know it was the man witch. So that and then you like really bad freezer burnt uh, bake and eat French fries that were uh, eight eight bags for a dollar at the local little grocery store, which we no longer have because it's all big box stores or uh, uber expensive Shea uh, uh, Shea food grocery stores. Okay, this is when we need Pacey Adam Google Boy here, but I did my powerful Amish iPad, which is just a piece of slate. Yes. That's what I use. Big Jim was a popular line of action figure toys produced from 1972. Oh, wow. All the way to 1986, Mattel. In Latin America, he was named uh, Ed Kid. Or I can't pronounce that. Uh, Mark Strong in Europe. The Big Jim line was smaller in size, closer to 10 inches in height compared to G.I. Joe's 12 inches. Oh, already Each, he's a punk. No. no, no that's just, why I didn't hear him, because he was a punk. And each figure included a push button in the back that made the character execute a karate chop action. Now that's 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 ringing true. I'm remembering that now. The action figure's arms were made of a soft plastic slash vinyl material and contained a mechanism that simulated the bulge of biceps when the elbow was bent. Big Jim was less military orientated than G.I. Joe line, having more of a secret agent motif, but also had a large variety of outfits and situations available including sports space exploration martial arts hunting western camping and evil even unusual choices such as fishing and photography wonderful how's that unusual choices both hobbies of mine i enjoy them both big jim right now you know 1972 i would have been living outside of washington dc in a neighborhood that was almost exclusively pentagon brass so as i was waiting for my bus every morning these chauffeured uh, AMC uh, sedans would come pulling into the cul-de-sac and pick up all these admirals and generals and, and uh, Pentagon uh, sort of brass. Was that Uber? So it was it was Uber cool. Uh, there was no Uber in 1972, Dags. You full well know that. But there was the most powerful military in the world, and the guys that made the decisions lived on my block. It was awesome. Now back to the powerful. Yes. Now, who would we have in there? We'd, oh, right. We'd have D. Schneider because he always likes to get into fights, I think. He, he, has, he was just in the news recently, too. Oh, no, no. It's the Quiet Riot guys purged their lead singer. They got a new lead singer and they're going to re record. Well, he died, the, the original lead singer, I believe. Oh, then that would explain why he's yes. not going to be on the new album. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it come on Feel the Noise. Yep. So, yeah, they were re recording the, the album with the new guy. I oh, See, I thought they had a falling out. Now, that would have been good. He could have gone over to the rap side and had all the secrets of the hair metal guys. I'm telling you, we need to do a script treatment on this. So we'd have D. Schneider. Who else would you have? Who do you remember your rock gods? Which powerful people would you have? Right. Well, right. Could you bring in like the Scorpions as the secret weapon? The uh, and give them Stasi era uniforms and uh, and they could really mix things up. They would rock you like a hurricane. The, the Schenker brothers, right? Oh, Schenker UFO. Oh, powerful! That a third group out of that because there was Michael, the Michael Shanker, Shanker yes. group, right? And then there was UFO, and there was the Scorpions. I saw the Scorpions twice. I saw them at Monsters of Rock once, but I saw them as a headliner. And a little band out of New Jersey called Bon Jovi was just starting to hit with a song "Runaway." And John, they, they opened up. Bon Giovanni. Yeah, I know. Isn't that right? So, Johnny, be good. He uh, he's a little too precious. The ladies love him, though. He, that's true. So we, you'd have dudes from the Scorpions. Would you have uh, ACDC in there? I think you... Well, do you want hair metal or you just want metal? Well, I'm open. You know, I'm open. We're just it's fleshing flexible. this out. We're just fleshing it out. So, so the, it could be the, like, We're the rock division, the metal division, and just Ozzy just running around, just uh, pointless and aimlessly wandering around, just confusing Well, everyone. would it be the, the newer Ozzy or the old Ozzy? I mean, would it be the... 
bark at the moon Ozzy when he peaked or the archetypal Ozzy so I it's got to be the old crazy Ozzy doesn't it if, if we're going to put the fear of, of crazy Englishmen the bane uh, the bane of the werewolf the scare of the uh, the, uh, the the biggest uh, republic in the, in the world in the 1800s into everybody it's got to be old crazy, crazy train Ozzy. wonderful though so what yeah. was your favorite Ozzy tune Oh, that ooh, that's got to sound really good in your headphones, people. Sorry about that. I I wasn't really a huge uh, metal fan. I enjoy Ozzy more than I enjoy his music. Bark of the Moon I like a lot. Uh, Crazy Train I like a lot, but not not really my deal. If I was lifting, it was it was more ACDC or all right uh, or Guns and Roses. I think uh, Appetite for Destruction and Back in Black are the two greatest weightlifting albums in the history of recorded music. Yes, Back in Black was, I mean, that was probably their ultimate. Well, it was, uh, ACDC was also the first concert I went to after I um, changed my recreational habits, shall we say. So that's that's always an important concert to me because that was less hopscotch. So less less a lot of things and more focus. Now my powerful brain just thought up a segue. Oh, perfect! I was just saw on the internet, saw on the news, as as you kids call it, they're uh, outlawing dodgeball. See, what is the deal with the dodgeball and uh, tag? I think too. Uh, pretty much every dodgeball tag. Pretty much. Right, but when any did, fun game? When did we elevate those uh, schoolyard games into sort of competitive young adult things? There used to be uh, you had your A League softball for the guys that couldn't play baseball anymore, and then your B and C League municipal softball leagues. Now they're playing kickball and dodgeball, and come on, really? Do you remember kitten ball? I do. I still have a kitten ball in my garage right now. It was now. like the size of a basketball. It so. was like the size of a cantaloupe. And and it, it, you hit it, and it would never go past the pitcher's mound. You Wonderful. could hit it as hard as you wanted, and it wouldn't go past the pitcher's mound. I quite literally have probably a 40-year-old kitten ball on the sports shelf in, in Uncle Dude's garage. Do you think there's little groups of kids that are real retro and still play 70s games and beat people up and stuff? Right, because they have no money. So they they meet. There's a couple. There's a couple restaurants locally where they have the the board games, the vet, retro board games out at all the tables, and they go and sip PBRs and and groom their facial Ret, hair. Retro, they're you know retro bullies like Biff and so Biff. I just did. I just did a micro whatever you called it with Biff because uh, I make up a word uh, most Tuesdays on the other Twitter feed. Why don't you give us some of your words? Oh, now you're going to make me look it up, but I can. I'll, we'll do, look that. It I'll up. do that for you. But I enjoy the bullies. I enjoy the bullies in the movies. Like, uh, of course you do. The Karate Kid, the blonde-haired dude. Uh, Bill Zapka. Just wonderful bully. We have Biff. Oh, there's some cool bullies. He had uh, well, Nancy and Sluggo. Was Sluggo actually a bully? He was kind of from the wrong side I of the track. I think he was just uh, misunderstood. He, plus, he always looked like a, a, the kid on the school bus that had a load in his drawers. He, he, and it's not me. It's, he just had that sort of uh, life has, has dealt him a raw hand. I think he was misnamed. We need to come up with a better name for Sluggo. I like Sluggo. You know, you had uh, Little Rascals. Who's the Butch? Was it Butch? Was he Butch the... sounds right. Butch sounds right. We need more butch people, more manly. Did you power, find your powerful word? I did. Uh, the one that I did with uh, Biff, uh, I, it's, I, most of them are homonyms, where uh, I, I take a different word and incorporate it into a word. Homonyms were two is words. Is that made from uh, chickpeas, garbanzo <laughs> no, they beans? Boil it, they boil it and, and take out all the uh, parasites. Uh, no, homonyms are words that uh, are different meanings but sound the same. So the, the one that I did with the uh, Biff uh, rubbing uh, uh, McFly's head as the, as the picture to tag with it uh, was Moxie, but it was M-O-C-K as mock to ridicule uh, Moxie. And then I, I gave the definition of possessing the characteristic of audacious, audacious ridicule. So he was, over, he was an over-the-top ridiculer. That's how he was a bully. That was powerful. Audacious. I love the phrase audacious ridicule. I'm looking better, at the beautiful picture better than right now. I, better than I like uh, the word moxie. I thought auda audacious ridicule was a great combination of words. 
the ultimate unification of pop culture and comedy. The Amish Baby Machine Podcast. I saw that Eddie Murphy, they're talking about bringing back Coming to America. Uh, not only that, the, uh, I also saw that he was cast in the sequel to Twins. Yeah, go figure that one out. It would be triplets for starters. But uh, DeVito Schwarzenegger and Eddie Murphy in the sequel to Twins. Do we need a new Coming to America, or do we need the next chapter? Well, I don't know. That there's that's a lot of stuff going on there. So the the treatment that I saw that was green lighted at one point was uh, he was now the king of Zamundi, and uh, his kid was coming to America. So he wasn't going to be a huge central figure in it. And I think Arsenio Hall will do anything. So I, I poor guy, two times out and can't get the talk show to stick. I love the Arsenio Hall. Well, the second time around, I heard, I mean, he didn't have a lot of support. so Or viewers, which was the problem. Yeah, but you got to get your name out there. And I think it's it's tough. You have to have like a whole, like I heard uh, Jay Leno was talking when he took over the Tonight Show. You know, he had that whole system already set up where Arsenio had to start from scratch again. So right. I think it's difficult to get that up. And then you got to get your audience up. So, and also now with all the different ways of people that you know get their comedy and get their shows that you have a dwindling you know niche his core constituency uh is is left for other things like steve harvey when did steve harvey become the biggest guy in entertainment he has like five tv shows he's writing books he's got a morning drive syndicated national uh radio show and he's doing uh, uh, like vacation seminars. Come to the Bahamas with us as we up with people, and he's amazing. He's crushing it. He is crushing it. I think it's once he, he went bald. I know. He got rid of the toupee. It's right. wonderful. You, well, see, I do listen. I, I was auditing last night. I, I went to sleep with the uh, soft, subtle sounds of the uh, inappropriately named Johnny Rage and you. So that you guys. One were, week. You guys were my lullaby last week or last Shunned night. One week, Johnny Rage. I hope he's crying himself to sleep every night. Apparently, in his white castle. Oh, wonderful! Uh, I, mm, I got to space those out. Those are a treat. Those are a treat, and not a day to day. Now, coming to America was a great movie. Oh my God, phenomenal movie. McDowell's. Yes, I mean you had Johnny Amos. Powerful. May he rest in Good peace. Good times, yeah. Damn, damn, damn. I was thinking, you know, that some of it was politically incorrect. I oh, don't yeah. know. I don't know what they could bring back. Oh, I, I don't, I don't think you could do about half that movie nowadays without uh, a thousand uh, different uh, organizations going harumph. But I think everyone loves the characters. You know, when he dressed up in the barber shop, right. Well, anytime you put uh, Eddie Murphy in Oscar-nominated makeup, it's a big deal. So, and Arsenio was, I think, had five different roles no, in, I that, oh, in I, that movie. I oh, think I they both him. did. So, I I would go see it. I enjoyed the first one. I'll I'll stop if I'm channel flipping, and there it is. Because there's there's lines you forget about, and it's like, yeah, okay, I got it. I remember that one. I'm old enough. I saw that in the theater. That's, I think, why I, I think that is the golden age of film is because that's when I had less responsibilities and I could still go to the movies. So maybe that's why I have a, a bias towards that era of films. So time time being what it is, I just don't go to movies anymore. I usually uh, get what I need pop culture-wise out of the internets, and I do read an awful lot of magazines, uh, like Vanity Fair, for instance. Uh I th- I think I've been on on the podcast enough now. I can have a, I can car I can do a carve out and have my own little segment. Dags, uh, Vanity Fair magazine has a questionnaire they run in the end of the magazine uh, a lot of months. Uh, it's very uh, sort of a very official, uh, very artistic, uh, intellectual. It's uh, Marcel Proust is a French author who came up with this twelve question questionnaire. <laughs> exactly, I think it, exactly that. So I, I threw out all his haughty, pretentious questions, and I came up with my own. So if you'll indulge me, I'd like to give, give you the getting to know you with Uncle Dude twelve questions. You look a little little wow. scared. I'm not scared. All right. I ain't scared. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple, and it's, I kept it sort of pop culture-y. So if you're willing. Oh, question, I will. We, qu- can, we can always edit it. 
Because I'll give my answers too, if that if that'll make you more comfortable. It'll just be like, so I'm Uncle Dude. Well, that's it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> there, may, there may be a quick edit, people. You may have Godzilla coming in your right ear and going out your left, and now I'll no what, crickets. Though. Now I know what Johnny Rage no feels crickets. like. So here is your getting to know you with Uncle Dude twelve question primer, and you'll get to know Dags as 12 well. Twelve monkeys. Uh, oh, that's I. Oh, the first question is, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite? Mine is a Buckaroo Banzai. Hands down, favorite movie ever. Is that the best theme song ever? I It's my ringtone. You guys were talking about ringtones the other day and how old people have weird ringtones. My weird ringtone is Buckaroo Banzai. Could you whistle that right now? I, I'm a terrible whistler. You are. I am a terrible whistler. So, and I turned my phone off so that they can't geotrack me here. So, I, it's, it's, the phone is off. Powerful theme song. It is. It's and it, I've been in elevators twice where my phone's gone off, and somebody recognized the theme and completely lost their shit. Where Where did you get that? Where did you get that? So I, I got their emails and I sent them the little uh, the little wave MP3 file, and now they too have the Buckaroo Banzai theme as as their ringtone. But uh, see, you thought you were ducking my question. I see where you're going with this. Powerful. Do you see how I work. did that? No, it powerfully did not work. No, but the problem is there's so many movies. But there's got to be one that's it's got well, a sweet spot look in your at that heart. Powerful monitor speaker right there. Yeah. Right, no, right here. Right here. Yeah. Right oh, in front of you. Right, yeah. So you're thinking Predator. I'm thinking it, Predator. It's got, it's got all the elements you like. Guns, Schwarzenegger. What's got Billy so spooked? So, I damn good film. And a reggae, reggae alien uh, killing well, Why machine. I like it, because yeah. 80s, of course. So it starts out as an 80s military action movie. Right. And then segues into sci-fi horror. Right, which I think is, is one of the few films that's been able to make that segue. So where it kind of wrestles with two genres. Buckaroo Bonds, I think, same thing, though. Starts out as a, as a weird sort of... Uh, uh, road piece with the band and uh, turns into like a science thing and then a science fiction thing, but it's also a farce and a comedy, but it's also really intellectual. Kevin Smith's favorite movie, by the no, way. No, Buckaroo Banze is fantastic. I so, mean, bootay. I'm I'm going big bootay. I'm going to be hosting a screening of that uh, at one of our local establishments, followed immediately by a pub quiz about the film. Well, it's so, funny you said that because I think of. Of all the fans out there, you know, local, national, international, we have a lot of people on Uranus listening to. I don't know if you knew that. I had no idea that it was interstellar, intergalactic. Yes. What about the seven new planets in the outlying galaxy? I don't know. I'm still pissed at uh, that Neil deGrasse Jr. high guy saying yes. that Pluto's not a planet. See, I'm torn on that too. I, I'm not such a space geek, nerd geek, science geek that I'm, I'm I think just leave it a damn planet. I grew up with nine planets, and and now I, there's eight, but then there's planet ten, but planet X, what, what? planet X, right? It's no. Make Why people... are scientists all nerdy assholes now? You know, like Bill Nye, the science guy. Did you see him and no, go at I, it with Tucker? You Carlson? want to know why? It's because computer guys became rock stars when they became instant uh, uh, Silicon Valley billionaires. And then the, the science geeks were the guys they hung out with. So it's it's uh, kind of like Turtle on Entourage is the science geek got pulled into popularity with the computer geek who's the billionaire. So that's why those guys all of a sudden. Uh, you know, you have, you know, like I said, Neil deGrasse Jr. High and Bill Nye, they're all assholes. We need like a cool scientist. Do you know that Bill Nye actually doesn't have a science degree? He's got an engineering me Mechanical degree. engineering. Yeah. And he's a dick, too. You know, he like is if, a you, dick. if you, if you, uh, well, climate uh, climate change, uh, global warming is like. Well, you cannot deny it. If you do, you you're an asshole and you must die. Did you ever see the reality series with Bill Nye and Ed Begley Jr. trying to have the most green house? It was the strangest thing ever. I never I never did acid, but if I did, I would imagine it would be like being these two idiots' neighbors. St. Elsewhere, Ed Begley Jr., powerful. Yeah. Oh, very good. Powerful very good. show. He had Turn one of the greatest lines ever on The Tonight Show. He was just learning how to scuba dive. And Carson asked him, he says, well, what do you do if there's sharks? And he says instru his instructor told him to cut your buddy and swim like hell. 
which I, if I'm ever out uh, scuba diving and there's sharks, don't be the guy within knife reach. It's like the grizzly bear. You don't have to run faster to the grizzly, just faster, faster than, the than your friend. Yep. Yeah. You're not ducking the other 11 questions. So I got predator out of you. Uh, Who said I'm ducking? I don't have to duck. <laughs> I don't have to bob and weave. Uh, question number two, getting us back on track, overseer of all things Amish Baby Machine podcast. Uh, you've had a lot of it the last couple of podcasts. Uh, beer has been bubbling up. Uh, what is your favorite beer? Now, this may be sacrilegious, but I'm not a big beer dude. Yeah. But that's why I employ the finest. See, I'm a director. I employ oh, I the, the greatest minds. I mean, I have uh, powerful Marines like you, Uncle Dude. I have... Powerful boozer very, very porters. Small window pa- of active duty. Pa- not, not really a Marine. You're a Marine, dude. So, uh, powerful, pasty Adam boozer porters. So, as far as the craft beer, I don't like well, the hop. It doesn't hop- have to be craft. Well, I don't like the hoppy beers. Yeah. I, I love Bud Light. I'll tell that to every one of these beer snobs. And you've got quite a few of them on your, uh, on your listenership. I, I think there's a perfectly appropriate place for Bud Light. It's damn delicious. So I would just say I enjoy a Pilsner. Yep, Pilsner. Maybe, maybe that's fine. Maybe one of the wheat beers. I I, I like smoked beers. You know, the so, half of ice. So, yeah. So, coffee, I enjoy the coffee booze. That, that's the, like, uh, the Surly Coffee Bender kind of crept up, and it was like, dang, that's not, that's for breakfast now. So, all right, that's good. See? So, and ice cold. It has to be ice cold. I don't, I'm not like, oh, you have to drink it at room temperature. Right. The Germans. This one I've kept underneath my steps for 16 months. And if you palm warm your glass, you're going to get the top notes in the end. No, I'm not that guy. So I'd like I, to be I that guy. I appreciate the beer dudes. I do. Oh, I do too. I, I but think it's an amazing hobby to have. I'd rather have a full throttle blue demon, I think. Question. They can't call it blue demon anymore, though, because Number it's three. offensive. Uh, best vacation or trip? My uh, the long-suffering every patient, Mrs. Uncle Dude, and I uh, did a a motor tour. Uh, we keep her, our my in-laws out in New York, so we rented a car. Uh, they live right on the Connecticut border, and we drove down to Atlantic City, and then over to Philadelphia. Hands down, greatest trip we've ever had. It was so much fun. If you go inland from uh, like uh, next to New York City. Uh, most of the people in New Jersey are very nice. They're wonderful. So sort of the uh, thick-necked uh, guys that live right across the Hudson from New York, I don't care as much for. But you go uh, kind of coastal sea, uh, fisherman village, New Jersey, amazing people. And just really good food. So that was my favorite trip. I did buy a buggy once in uh, Dallas and then drove it back. Oh, fun. And then I purposely went through the Ozark Mountains. Oh, so it took the long way around back back to your home. There was there was a lot of banjo music featured on the way back. Ain't, ain't nothing but wrong. I enjoy the Americana. I enjoy road trips, but I don't like to be in the car too long. There's this point where everyone's getting crabby, and then and then after a while, you're just like, yeah, we got we got to stop and stay somewhere. Right. Oh, I, I, anytime I plan the road trip, I the long suffering doesn't have the attention span for uh, being in the car a long time. So I find points of interest along the entire way, and it, we're not in the car that damn long. I think someone uh, went through our perimeter because they are Amish Wolfhound. The Wolfhound is yes, a little agitated. He's on high alert. But as far as the best trip, I would say that would be the great state of Hawaii. Hawaii? Oh, see, I've never been. One time I uh, made a homemade vessel, a vessel, a nuclear vessel. Oh. I made a ship, if you will, and I sailed to Hawaii. And I oh, enjoyed that's that. amazing. Wonderful. It's uh, Yeah, but nothing but fish for days. I don't know if I could do that. Speaking of which, what's the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Those of you keeping score at home, that's question number four on the getting to know you with Uncle Dude questionnaire. Strangest thing you've ever eaten. I think I ate a duck eye once. A duck eye? That would be very strange. So most people don't know eyeballs are, in fact, edible. In the Middle East, if you get the, uh, the sheep's eye, it means you're the guest of honor. Could you see yourself eating an eyeball? See myself? Is it, is it, did you do that on purpose? Did, are you that fast that you, you see yourself eating an eyeball? It's not hype. 
It's the most powerful podcast ever created. It is. It's so true. Um, I think I could. Uh, previously, I wouldn't. Uh, my strangest thing I ever ate was uh, we were at a, a kind of posh restaurant in our uh, hometown, and I was having a really hard time trying to pull the trigger on sweetbreads or rabbit, and I just couldn't do the sweetbreads, which is the, the thalamus gland. Why do they call it sweetbreads? It sounds like some delicious, like... Right, Irish soda like dessert, bread or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the thalamus gland doesn't sound nearly as enticing. So I, I chickened out and I went with the rabbit, but the table behind us went, "Oh no, the sweetbreads were amazing!" And somehow I got to the kitchen, and it was a chef-driven restaurant because I like those a lot. So all of a sudden, plates start arriving at my table. And the first was the sweetbreads, and we tried that. I was out to dinner with my uh, my sister and her husband and my wife, and so we all had a little of the sweetbreads. And then all the offal, the offal is the uh, internal organs, all the nasty bits. So we had one plate at a time of offal coming out from, from uh, God knows how many animals. So we had about uh, a 15-course dinner that night, all courtesy of this chef. And I, I've eaten, you want to talk about uh, uh, tail to snout, uh, I've done Rooter it. to tutor. Oh, there you go, rooter to tutor. So, but that's the strangest thing I've ever eaten. Uh, question five on the getting to know you with Uncle Dude quiz. Uh, what's, your, what's your guilty pleasure? For example, what are we talking about? Uh, something that's outside, what's cool or appropriate. Uh, like, uh, well... Let's see. Well, like for for Johnny Rage, it's obviously Miley Cyrus is a guilty pleasure. So like uh, uh, K-pop, if, if you were a big fan of K-pop, uh, which would fall outside of your arena rock hair metal uh, uh, preferences, that'd be a guilty pleasure. I don't listen to Wham, if that's what you're trying to so, say. Well, no, you, and you don't have to. No, I don't listen to George Michael. So so guilty pleasure. Or you could uh, uh, knitting. Would be something uh, would be a guilty pleasure because you clearly as uh, as virile as as you are, it Strapping. would be odd to look at you with uh, uh, knitting needles in you your. You know hand. the show can be used as uh, testosterone replacement therapy. It's been oh yes, I'm never going back to GNC. No, no. Just, so just listening. All right, I'll let you duck the guilty pleasure. Uh, your favorite car, not necessarily that you own, but your favorite car. Now, when we're talking about car, are we talking about a sedan, a truck? Uh... Whatever uh, trips your trigger is your, like, I love a DeLorean. I loved them from the minute they came out. I just, I love a DeLorean or like a 56 Vet. That guy got screwed over, DeLorean. DeLorean? Well, set he, up. He walked into he it. He set up. Well. He still made choices he could have avoided. Yeah, he made the choice of making that powerful aluminum car, or stainless, stainless steel, steel, I'm sorry, stainless yeah. steel car. Yeah, yeah, that was, was a cool car. Oh, it was a great car. Pontiac Fiero. Oh, mid, mid-engine fires. The Fieros were prone to having the uh, fire in the mid-engine, which isn't good. If you got your engine right behind your seat and that's what goes up in flames, that's a terrible thing. But the, the, the ding on the DeLoreans is they were underpowered. But there was an outfit in, in uh, Iowa that would retrofit them with a Renault uh, turbocharged engine, and it turned them into screamers. But... I enjoy the Ford Galaxy 500. Also excellent, yeah. Powerful. It is powerful. Uh, the Raptor truck, wonderful truck. So, oh, the Raptor, fast, the, like bad out of hell truck, right? That's well, it's it's basically like the beefed up off road uh, Ford's F one fifty, but they're powerful. Right, they're screaming engine. Yeah, so just it was, pure power. It, it, it was the uh, bug out vehicle. Yeah, the ulti- exactly the, the ulti- ultimate, the ultimate bug, bug out vehicle. The ultimate bug out buggy. Yeah, nice. Good pick. Oh, I'm going to have to rethink mine. But, I mean, as far as we go cars, I mean, I enjoy the AMC cars. So I enjoy the Pacer, the Gremlin. Yeah, yeah, Javelin. They had the four-wheel drive Eagle. I mean, they had a lot of powerful vehicles. So I saw a Pacer used as a planter uh, in my driving Sacrilege. Around. So my mother-in-law actually had one for a while, a, a powder blue Pacer. Which, if you know my mother-in-law, she's she's from Belgium and very prim and proper, which would be an odd car for her. Uh, all right. Uh, question seven. Yes or no? Have you ever been hunting? Yes. All right. See? I won't even ask what or why. As have I. Uh, it's the biggest thing I miss about my dad is uh, he and I used to, that and I never played golf. Well, with he's him. in the happy hunting grounds now. He is. He yeah. is. So I like to think that people 
They're just passing to another dimension. You're going to hook up with them again. Oh, I, I, yeah. I'm a firm believer in that as well. I, I, I think we have an energy that just is, is You can't timeless. destroy energy. Right. Ask those uh, angry nerd scientists. See what so, they say. You can't or, destroy. Or information society. Yes. The second information society reference tonight, for those of you keeping track. Insoch from Irondale High School. Pure in, energy. In North, pure, pure, pure North energy. metro Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, they're back and out and about. So, uh, favorite candy or sweet is question number eight. Favorite candy or sweet? Well, once again, it's like picking your favorite kid. I enjoy a lot. I enjoyed whatchamacallit. I forget the name of what they're called. Oh, I know. That was the seven different uh, flavors. Nope. That no. that was uh, made locally here. Pearson's, the seven up bar. Yeah, they had a, a the seven up bar. The beauty of that was it was seven different. Right, but I didn't like three of them. So it was like cherry. It was a cherry but, nougat one and. Way too uh, expensive to keep keep creating, keep the so they line so going. they got rid of that one. Right, but the whatchamacallit bar before it was re- it changed flavors a bunch of different times. So the nineteen seventies ah. whatchamacallit bar powerful. See, and mine has changed formulas as well. I, Heath bar was my favorite forever, and the original Heath bar was a really good uh, recipe. And then those bastards at Hershey's bought it, and they, they made it taste like the score bar. It's like, no, this is a score bar. It's not a Heath bar. So the score bar, did that have a more of a burnt? It had, it was, a, yes. it had more of a burnt, and it was yes. a thinner, yes. firmer yes. toffee. Yes. So it was, it was a distinct crunch, and, and the, whereas the, uh, the Heath bar had a sort of a softer uh, toffee. It was so good. I enjoyed the, the charms, pops. The suckers they had back yeah. in the 70s, too. So the weird sort of uh, glob on the end of a yes. very short stick. The one I liked, it was uh, it was some sort the of sour one. apple. It was oh, some, some sour apple. Yeah, so it was really cool, the color, too. It was like a really dark yeah, greens and reds even, in there. I don't even remember the flavor I liked, but it was the purple one. So, yeah. And I, I'm not a big sweet guy now. Not that you would think by looking at me. Uh, number nine totally in your wheelhouse favorite concert best concert best concert you've ever been to live show i know this is how do you it's picking from your children again i'm sure uh mine uh there's a small theater in uh downtown st paul called the fitzgerald where uh, uh prairie home companion gets done uh bare naked ladies had just released their second album quite literally just released it had been out a week uh they were here on an easter sunday and it was just as they were starting their sort of ascent and rise. And like I said, it was a week after their first album or their second album came out. Everybody in that theater knew every word to every song from the new album. And the band was completely blown away. They played for three hours that day. That's my favorite concert. Well, the first concert I went to was Gary Newman Telecon. Oh, my. I'm here. What an interesting pick for a first one. Love, That's, love the synthesizer. Love synth. I, I, I what was the, uh, what was the one with cars on it? So, pleasure principle. The pleasure principle. I, yes. I was playing pleasure principle in my bedroom, and my dad, who was a classically trained pianist, opened the door, leaned in, and said, "Moose, what is this shit?" And then closed the door. Oh, I, I thought he saw your pianist or something. No, okay. no. So I'm with you on Gary Newman. What a great first show. Oh, light shows. See, I love light shows. They don't do light shows anymore. Right. I like powerful arena rock, and I like yeah. lasers. I like lights. I like fog. I like, see, see, back in the day in the concerts, you couldn't see as much either. What? Right. It, it was dark. It was, they it didn't was. have they didn't have all the safety. We didn't have to worry about right. safety. It was pitch black, and there was and a, you would see little on stage. You'd see the little red lights of the amps, you know. Sure. And then back then they didn't have the little house speakers. They had walls of amps, giant walls. Of, yeah, absolutely, giant walls. I mean, literally, when I'd go to a Rush concert, my ears were ringing days after. Had you ever seen Queen or the Who live in in their prime? No. Oh, see, I saw each of them twice. Ha! I finally got you on one of these. Those also absolutely up there for best concerts ever. And exactly what you're talking about. Unbelievable lights, especially the Who. But uh, Freddie Mercury, my God, what a showman. So, but. You know, Queen, I liked some of their songs. Like, I liked the album The Game. Yes. Some of theirs got a little too schmaltzy. I liked more of the hard stuff. And the Who, I liked a lot of the Who. The Who had different, you know, periods. You had the 60s Who, right. and then they had the cool 80s Who. 
Right, and, and this, sadly, Keith Moon's gone, so now we got a real, actually, technically good drummer. So, no, who was phenomenal live? Dal- Daltrey, uh, very similar to Freddie Mercury in that uh, consummate showman. Absolutely, from the second he got on stage, took control of the entire room, which would be an arena back then, and and held your attention the entire time he was up there. And as far as favorite, I mean, I pretty much every Rush concert I've been to, I loved. See, I waited way too long for my first Rush concert. I, I, it was the Snakes and Arrows tour, and I I was so mad at myself afterwards. Like, yes, I've wasted twenty years. How could I not have Genesis? Invisible Touch so, tour. Oh, I see, enjoyed that. Bridley's a big fan of the Genesis. She loves that. There, and she's very excited that uh, Phil Collins is headed out uh, on on the uh, airwaves and then byways and the highways. Uh, yeah, I, I could talk about music all day, but uh, you're not ducking the last three questions. Question number ten: Getting to know you with Uncle Dude. Uh, have you ever done an extreme food challenge? No, but I would. So I, the only one I've ever done is the meter worst challenge at the uh, local German joint. And uh, I, I did it fine. It was a giant boot of beer, a small salad, a bowl of bread, a little round uh, loaf of bread, a, a three meter long bratwurst. And then you had to pick two sides and it ended up being like five pounds of food. And you get done with this damn thing and they give you a photocopied certificate saying you did it. Did you eat it all? I did. I did. I have my certificate, but I, it, the fat is what gets you. So if you're ever going to do the meter worst challenge, load up on the red cabbage. You need the acid to cut that fat. Powerful enzymes. Well, there's a 36-inch there's a pizza challenge we had talked about uh, when Big Mott and I were both on the powerful Amish Baby Machine podcast. I'm still up for it. I, a 36-inch pizza is uh, basically two and a half pizzas a piece for four people, but I think I think I can hold up my end. I'll be extremely uncomfortable the rest of the night, but I think we can do it. Eleven, uh, who's your favorite comedian? Another great question. I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> I think I, I have different ones for different things. There's some people that I think are really, really clever, but uh, most people don't find conventionally funny. Robert Klein, the uh, who's no more for acting now, used to be a really, really good stand-up, and he was very clever. As far as uh, ha-ha in your oh, face. Oh, I can think of him as doing the scary, you know, that's, yeah, he would do <laughs> yes. this, the theremin. So, uh, Eddie Izzard or uh, Billy Connolly are probably my favorite uh, traditional classic stand-ups. Uh, both of which can sell out a, a huge theater, but Izzard in particular, insanely clever. So I like all stand-ups, so I find right I comedy like, in all of them. I mean, I like the big, you know, the big arena ones like uh, Eddie Murphy, like we were talking about right. earlier. But then I like I like even going to local stand-up open mic nights. Absolutely, because the funny thing is when you it's just like music. You can hear something some music on the your headphones or like whatever but when you were there when you experienced that live energy the crowd the 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 sights the sounds everything it's just powerful and same with comedy when you watch local comedy it's so much funnier i mean you laugh out loud you just feel that energy so i like i like going to open mic nights i like the big stars i like i pretty much find comedy in all the stand-ups yeah so it's hard to pick a you know one my brother from another mother who who did, said the hell with our weather and moved down to Key West just did his first uh, stand-up. They gave him a small set at a comedy club down there, and I was so envious. I just I don't think I can do it. I, I think I'm fairly clever, and I, I'm not bad with the jokes, but I don't know if I can do it. That's that's one of the reasons I like comedians so much is because I, I don't think I can do it. And that's, that's not a long list for me. I, I'm pretty... But I also think that you don't have to be the best at it. I think it's just like anything, playing a guitar. You can pick up a guitar and play it, and you're not Jimmy Page. You don't have to be Jimmy uh, Page. So comedy, too. You can do jokes, do stand-up, and have a good time. Or or drums. You restrained yourself from your newest addition to the barn today, which I, I'm shocked. So there they oh, lay. Oh, the powerful uh, Amish drum pads. Oh, they're phenomenal. They was, yeah, we didn't have them mic'd in, so they were kind of hard to hear. But I, I was I was listening to the last one, and I'm like, oh, I don't know that I would ever leave my basement if I had that. Goo, 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 there you go. Uh, finally, last question. What's the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? There's only one correct 
answer. You got me. African or European. It's a it's a line from uh, Holy Grail. It's my that acid is... test. Oh. Yeah, what is the airspeed velocity of uh, unladen I think swallow. it's because of the Eric Idle thing. I got all upset. You got all, he does make me chippy lately. I just, oh, I wish he just. But I, I, you know, I actually remember actually the TV show better of Monty Python. Right. Which, <laughs> that's funny that you mentioned that because uh, uh, Palin just said BBC hasn't rerun it in like 12, 14 years. He's like, why it, not? It's like Police Squad. They own it. Police Squad versus uh, the Naked Gun movie series. Yeah. Oh, Police Squad was great. Police Squad. They only it? they only had a couple episodes. You know, it was like a some ridiculously small amount, but that show was hilarious and it was very clever. Like in the movies, they had to do more sight gags and they had to do more over the top stuff, but the TV show had more subtle humor. Right. What and the best part about the TV show. Is the guest star got killed in the opening credits? Oh, it was great, <laughs> and guest starring David Lee Roth, bang, and then he's dead. Yeah. So that's that was a phenomenal TV show. Well, that's the, the same guys that did Kentucky Fried Movie, which I'm also finding none of these kids have ever seen. My parents came home laughing so hard from Kentucky Fried Movie; they had seen it in the theater. You know, I was in like junior high school back then, and they brought me the next night just because they knew I would appreciate it. And it's still to this day the funniest movie I've ever seen. But it's the same guys. So Monty Python, the TV show, is like Mr. Neutron. Do you remember that? Oh my! I, I, all of it. That was that was the big deal because pops. That was pops and I's bonding moment. They'd let me stay up late on Sunday night because locally it was on the uh, the PBS station at ten o'clock on Sunday night. So I would get to stay up late and watch Monty Python. But you're going to buy a piston engine. Oh, my God. Just all of it was so good. And, and you know, that I think my entire junior high school and high school, that that punk that was punctuation for my crew of friends. Every sentence ended with uh, with some quote, some some reference to, to Monty Python. And they're talking about words, tinny and woody words. So tit tit is a very tinny word, isn't it? <laughs> we like woody songs. Intercourse. Very woody sort of sound. <laughs> Oh, see, you with your gift for voices. I thought they were in the room, so I can't. I don't have. I have, I don't have an inventory of impressions. I really wish I did because I'd be so much better. I can trivia. I can do an impression for like two seconds, and then I just veer off into some other. Like if I try to do Australian, it turns into like Scottish, and that's the beauty, though, isn't it? That's it, real life. That is real life. It's just like art, you know. I mean, if you're an artist. And you're, you can do photorealism. Why not just get a Xerox copy of it? See, art is what you, your interpretation of it. It's very, like me, it's very gestural. Like my impersonations, they fall off. It's not that they're not good. They're just gestural. I'm interpreting it. Gestural. Yes. I'm very Matisse with my comedy. Not bad. I'm not sure. I'm gestural may end up being on my Twitter feed. I'm not sure that's actually a word, but we'll find out. If it's not, it's going to be on the. Oh, it is. It's going to be the neologism Tuesday word for Uncle Dude. Did you have a good time today? I always have a good time in the barn, and now I now I can get here. So you, all the farms look the same coming in, and it's thank God for uh, for Siri guiding me here. So. You know, we were into it so much, I didn't even get into our plugs. Oh, my god. Now, goodness. guys, we enjoy everyone that listens to the show. Please do us a favor. Word of mouth advertising, like Ron Cole, Ron Popeil. Please tell a friend about our show. Please go on to iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a review. Five star is the best. Two seconds. Just leave the review. Yep. If you see anyone that has an iPhone, you grab their iPhone, say... Go to the iTunes, leave a review. Also, we're on Stitcher Radio, Stitcher Radio app. So we're available on every device, either Apple, you know, iOS. We're on uh, Google, Kindle, Fire, everything, either uh, Stitcher or iTunes. Yeah, iTunes, they don't vet the stars. You can put down five stars even if you think it was three stars that week. And they're not going to check. Five stars is the best. Five stars is what, the best. So also, please go to Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Amish Baby Machine at Instagram. I think and the wolf got a rabbit. Yeah, you can hear the Amish wolfhound. I think he took down a stag. A stag? Yes. We have had stags coming into the- You have into, feral stags? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So also- I'll have, to, I'll have to be careful on my way out of the, out of the uh, Shire. So you go to Instagram, and you need to follow us on Twitter, at Amish Bee Machine. 
please follow us on Twitter and go to the website, AmishBabyMachine.com. Yeah, Facebook.com slash Uncle Dude, Twitter.com uh, slash Uncle Dude Food, Twitter.com slash Your Uncle Dude. All right. And until next time, guys, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine podcast. Thanks for having me, Dags. Anytime, my friend. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Amish Baby Machine podcast. The Amish Baby Machine podcast is available on iTunes and on the Stitcher radio app available for iPhone, iPad, Android, and Kindle Fire. Please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine and visit our webpage www.amishbabymachine.com. Thank you for listening. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production, all rights reserved. <laughs>